Hello and welcome to Get Flush, the world's favourite sanitation podcast. I'm Pete. In last week's show, Dave Andres mentioned that I'd prepared a segment on utilisation, which I'd originally planned to share at the end of last week's episode. When I started to record, it felt that that piece was a bit technical and maybe a little bit dry, so I decided to leave it out and come back to it this week. I wanted to cover utilisation because it concerned the float and it's directly linked to the last few episodes about emergency response. It also forms part of a wider discussion about key performance indicators, which we haven't really had on the show so far. Before I get into all that, I've got a few news items that I'd like to share. The first is about the future episodes of the show. I've scheduled a number of interviews with new guests over the next few weeks. They include portable restroom operators with recent experience of large-scale deployments, specialist manufacturers who produce and distribute sanitation-based products, and a graphics expert who supplies stickers and labels to the restroom industry. I'll also be catching up with some of my previous guests and sponsors for updates on their progress since they last appeared on the show. All of that should see us through the next 12 episodes to the end of Season 3, and although it still feels a long way off, I'm already making plans for Season 4 and Season 5 in 2022. I'll take a short break over Christmas and another one next June, but at this stage I'm planning to continue with 20 episodes in each new season and to carry on releasing a new episode every week. I'm also hoping that 2022 will see COVID restrictions ease and that I'll be able to travel overseas. I'd love to attend some conferences and shows, meet listeners, visit them at work and record some new material face to face. At the moment I can get overseas, but the problem is getting back into New Zealand. Everyone who arrives in Auckland or Christchurch has to go into managed isolation at a government facility and there just aren't enough spaces for everyone who wants to come back. And while I'm talking about 2022, I'd love to hear from anyone out there who would like to discuss sponsorship and advertising options on the show. This could include full title rights for the season, naming rights for an individual episode or any other arrangement that works for both parties. If you're a manufacturer, supplier, operator or user and you want to share your story, please get in touch. And I'm also available for hire if you're looking to produce audio to help you promote your business. That could be a short, snappy clip that you share on social media or a longer recording that really showcases your brand. At this stage, all my recording is done remotely by telephone or one of the apps like Zoom or Google Meet. I record the conversation and edit the audio, so it doesn't matter if you make mistakes, lose your way or venture off track. I'll send a pre-release copy of the show and of course guests are free to share and use that final recording as much as they like. When I record interviews, I like the conversation to flow, so I tend not to use preset questions or follow a script, but we can talk about that before we start recording. The only thing you really need to do is wear headphones or earpods to prevent echo. So if you're keen to talk, please get in touch either through social media or email pete at getflush.online. Okay, let's get on with today's episode, which I've called The Magnificent Seven. I'm going to look at seven different ways that restroom operators can measure and track utilisation, which I define as how much assets are used within a business. Now, these seven indicators can be used to assess how well your restroom business is performing. They're very simple definitions, but they provide a good place to begin. And I decided to look at this in a bit more detail because the portable restroom industry really does have a few special characteristics that should be taken into consideration when you set KPIs for utilisation. I'm going to think about why performance indicators are important, which ones are most useful to restroom operators, how you can actually track those measures, and how that information should be used within the business. 
I'm not saying that these seven definitions are the only ones that count, and it's okay if you use other examples or measure your utilization in a different way. There's always more than one way to skin a cat, but these are the ones that I find most helpful. Tracking utilization allows you to make informed investment decisions. High demand for wash stations over the last year is a good example. At the moment, you really struggle to find operators who've got sinks available for hire, so it makes good sense to buy more. Eventually, operators will find themselves with a glut of sinks in their yard, and at that point, demand will have been met or will have tailed off, so it won't make any sense to buy more sinks. In general terms, it's not good business sense to carry assets that have a low utilisation rate, because that equipment is less likely to give you an adequate return on your investment. When that happens, you have to decide whether you want to carry the cost or let that equipment go. But at the same time, overly high utilisation often leads to wear and tear and it makes you more likely to lose sales if the equipment the customer wants is never available because it's always on hire. So let's have a look at the indicators I'm calling the Magnificent 7. The first and perhaps the easiest to measure is headcount, which is basically the number of units in your fleet versus the number of units you have on hire at any given time. If you have 100 toilets and 95 are on hire, your headcount utilisation would be 95%. It might sound silly, but you measure headcount by, well, counting. That's not always as easy as you would expect. I've seen enough people struggle with even a simple stock take to know that counting can be a real challenge. Even in a well-organised yard, I've seen people skip units, double count or just struggle to tally up. And counting gets even harder when the yard is disorganised or the units are dispersed on hire. It gets much easier if your company uses individual plant numbers and if you use a digital record or an app. A spreadsheet on an iPad is much better than a handwritten sheet, although still prone to user errors. Even better is a fully integrated software like Service Core that will allow you to scan tags and show you exactly what's in the yard, what's on hire and give you real-time data at the simple click of a button. Second on my list is physical utilisation, which measures the amount of time the piece of equipment was committed to a customer and therefore not available to other customers. Analysts recommend that in the hire industry, 72% of your fleet should be on rent at any given time, 20% should be in the yard ready to rent, and no more than 8% should be in a non-rental status. In other words, on the way to or from a job, at the yard in need of a clean, or set aside for a repair. Over a 28-day billing cycle, 100 toilets would give you a total of 2,800 potential hire days. If you had units out on hire for 2,000 days, your utilisation rate would be 71%, which is right on that magical standard. Now, some analysts argue that this indicator will help you decide when to buy and sell equipment. If your physical utilisation is below 72%, you probably have too much stock. If it's above 72%, you probably don't have enough equipment and you should think about buying more. But I'll come back to this later because the float that you might hold for emergency events has a major impact on these numbers. The third indicator I want to use today is time utilisation, which refers to how long and how often your equipment is out on hire. Now this can be measured in days, weeks, months or even years and it's important because if equipment isn't being rented it's not generating income. I'm going to be careful about setting numbers but analysts suggest that the ideal target for time utilisation in the higher industry is 65%. On those figures a well utilised restroom would be on hire for around 237 days a year. Just remember that holding that large float will potentially distort your overall utilisation figures. 
Number four on my list is financial or dollar utilization. This is essentially a very simple calculation. You take the rental revenue generated by the equipment and divide it by the total cost. Now that could be expanded to include the revenue from additional services such as cleaning and delivery, or it could include costs such as fuel and your consumables. However you do it, you need to make sure that any revenue and spending is coded against that item in your accounts. Again, I'll be careful with the numbers, but it's common to see a dollar utilization target of 65%. In other words, if your restroom trailer costs you $20,000 over the first year, it will need to generate $13,000 of income to hit that 65% mark. Knowing financial utilization will help you identify which equipment is making the most money for your company. In theory, it will help you plan your spending. Just remember that used equipment tends to be much cheaper than buying new and that may distort the figures, especially if you can hire both new and used equipment for around the same price. Number five on the list is rental rate. And again, this is another easy one to measure, but it's also one of the most important. Basically, you calculate the total revenue over a set period of time and divide it by the number of contracts over that period. That will give you an average value per contract. And you can calculate this on a daily, weekly, monthly or annual basis. And where you've got multiple units on one contract, you can also divide the rental rate by the number of units to give you an itemized performance figure. Now, measuring rental rate will help you set the minimum rental amount that you need to achieve in order to maintain revenue and meet any repayments. It will also tell you whether individual contracts are performing as expected against your target. If a rental rate on one contract falls short, you've probably underpriced. If it's too high, you may need to pay that customer more attention in case they decide to get a cheaper deal elsewhere. Number six is fleet age. This measures the general age of your fleet in relation to when the equipment were purchased or first deployed. And it's important because knowing the age of the fleet can help you track wear and tear. I know that plastic restroom cabins can last a really long time, but tired looking units don't always give the best impression. In fact, they can really undermine your reputation as customers drive by, especially if your competitors have got a much newer fleet. And if you're looking to buy or sell a restroom operation, the age of the fleet should be one of the first indicators that you take into account. Last on my list and the final one of my Magnificent Seven is the non-rental ratio. Now this concerns maintenance and repairs. Essentially, it's a count of how many units in your fleet are not available for hire. It's important because when those units are out of action, they won't earn any money. And if they break down or fail while they're on hire, customers will get fed up and may well shop elsewhere. You can and should measure this in several different ways. A headcount of non-ready units against the total fleet, the time taken to return units to service, or the opportunity costs incurred when a unit is not available for hire. As I said earlier, industry analysts suggest 8% as the ceiling for non-rentals. I'd also add a time limit to that. Before COVID, I would have said if you can't fix a unit in less than two weeks, you need to let it go. With freight delays and difficulty obtaining supplies, that's probably quite a lot longer now. Achieving and maintaining optimum utilisation is a real balancing act. The ebb and flow of business means that the rates you achieve will always be in perpetual change. But knowing how your business is performing at a given time is one of the keys to business success. Detect those changes at an early stage and you have more chance to take remedial action. And knowing what's on hand and the condition it's in will give you a fair idea of your capacity to deploy if there is an emergency and you're called to respond. When disaster does strike, it's common for utilisation rates to go as high as 100%. In other words, every last unit you own will be deployed. 
And if you borrow or sub-hire units from other providers, you may even see your utilisation rate go over and beyond that. I'll also point out that a lot of companies set targets for utilisation when they review performance and set budgets for the year ahead. Now, if you're a manager and utilisation is set as one of your key performance indicators, please remember that holding a large flow on standby will drastically reduce your utilisation scores. Those units are likely to sit in reserve for long periods of time, and that in itself will give you a much lower utilisation figure. One way to avoid that is to assign the units in your float to a separate account or category. That will give you a more accurate indication of working capacity and show what you hold in reserve. Measuring and tracking utilisation is always going to be much easier if your company uses software to collect data rather than manual records. But it's just as important to think about how and when you use the data you collect. If your system automatically generates dozens and dozens of utilisation reports every morning and sends them out by email, please remember that your managers and staff are likely to be overwhelmed by the sheer volume of data they receive. Don't be surprised if they set up a mailbox rule to divert those messages to a separate folder or mark them unread. A better approach might be to work through those figures as a team in your weekly, monthly or quarterly performance meetings, but I'll come back to that in a future episode. As usual, I'll close by asking you all to do your bit to support the show by telling a family member, a friend, a colleague or a complete stranger all about Get Flushed and encourage them to listen in. Even better than that, please leave a review on your favourite podcast platform. That will help me broker even more listeners and continue to build the show. If you'd like to make a financial contribution, visit our Patreon page, where a modest monthly donation will get you early access to episodes and other bonus material that's not available anywhere else, or use the PayPal button on our homepage at getflushed.online. Okay, that's all I've got time for this week. I'm sure I'll come back to KPIs and performance monitoring at a later stage. But for now, thank you for your time. I've been Pete, and you've been listening to Get Flushed, 